0: Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Coming to you today from Batavia, Illinois, Northern Illinois, at the TV studios of This Week in Agribusiness. Where I'll be co-hosting this weekend's show with Max Armstrong. Well, of course, as I'm sure you've heard, the House Ag Committee passed uh, their farm bill out of committee, went through the markup yesterday. All Republicans voted in favor, all Democrats voted against, but the bill moves on, and it looks like uh, early May for when it will go to the House floor. We're going to get a lot of uh, reaction and analysis of the bill and what happened yesterday in markup Coming up on today's show, starting with Chris Clayton, DTN's Ag Policy Editor. Chris, thanks for joining us. If we didn't know it already, we certainly have proof of it now. The days of uh, uh, partisan politics staying out of the Ag Committee, those days are over.
2: Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, But, you know, we always talk about that bipartisanship in the committee but we've had a history as well of uh, having a hard time moving farm bills in the committee. Um, Pat Roberts' bill couldn't get out of committee at all in '95 and '96. So, you know, it's not unprecedented that uh, there have been some of these problems. Um, you know, and in this case, uh, you know, strictly partisan votes to move a bill out of committee.
1: Yeah, it's happened before, but I think more accentuated this year because of the battle over the nutrition title. Not that there aren't some differences on some other parts of the bill, but the focus has been on this nutrition title. And there are some pretty set positions, some very strong feelings on this, and it'll make it's going to make it very interesting when they go to the House floor.
3: Uh,
2: it, it is, uh, because you're going to lose pretty much every single Democratic vote on this bill. And then you're also going to have conservatives who don't feel that there are enough cuts uh, in nutrition and also don't feel that there's any reform or uh, changes in farm programs. And uh, and so there will be this block of conservatives don't know what the number will look like on that that also will, will not vote for that bill.
1: Yesterday we heard... Uh... The Democrats say there was a lack of transparency. Uh, that uh, this was being forced down their throats. Uh, that uh, there wasn't a you know a lot of uh, cooperation between the two sides and putting together the bill. Of course, the Republicans uh, deny that. But um, that is there are those hard feelings there. Do you see? Uh, <laughs> do you see any way forward to bridge this gap?
2: Well, everybody, and it was brought up. Uh, several times yesterday as well. Everybody knows the Senate isn't going to accept this bill. Um, so there will be a lot of changes made in the, uh, the Senate version that will go, it will look nothing like uh, this bill that came out of the House uh, committee. So, um, and even Republicans were indicating that as well. You know, ah, go ahead and vote for it because, you know, we know this isn't going to be what it finally looks like. Um so, so that's, that's kind of the take is they know that they put this in there themselves to, uh, to show that they were serious about uh, some sort of uh, entitlement reform, but they know that there's no way that this ends up being the final bill.
1: You know, that's what's really interesting, Chris. The battle right now has been between Republicans and Democrats on this issue, but when it gets to conference committee, Republicans will be battling with themselves on this issue.
2: Yeah, the, uh, you know, the, obviously you've got to have a bipartisan bill to move out of the Senate, uh, Senator Pat Roberts, chair of the Senate Ag Committee has already indicated several times in the last few weeks. He's not going to make any of these kind of changes to SNAP that the, uh, that the House Republicans are pushing. Uh, so. It, it, it was interesting exercise yesterday. Um, you know, there was very little talk about commodity programs or uh, conservation, a little bit, but not much. You know, probably 95% of the discussion yesterday, all centered on the SNAP to, uh, on the SNAP program. So,
1: we're talking with Chris Clayton, DTN Ag Policy Editor, looking at yesterday's uh, markup in the House Ag Committee of the Farm Bill. So let's look at some of those other areas. I guess the area other than nutrition getting the most attention or change, uh, lies in the uh, conservation programs. What did you hear on that in the discussion yesterday?
2: A little bit of concern about uh, eliminating CSP. Uh, I think that issue has probably been underreported and uh, not focused on as much. Um, You know, we we know we have problems in conservation and water quality issues in the Midwest if we're going to be eliminating CSP new CSP contracts and we're not going to be putting uh, uh, all of that money into equip changes, I think there's a real risk there that water quality problems could become worse. So you hope that maybe the Senate might do something to incentivize uh, more conservation practices. This is going to be a concern. But there wasn't so much talk about, CRP, which I thought they might have been, but uh, uh, very little discussion about that. You know, there's going to be uh, lower rental rates, but they're still going to look to try to boost the acreage of CRP. Um, I'm just surprised that uh, there wasn't more focus on uh, on CSP cuts.
1: So they're still looking at going up to what, 29 million acres on CRP?
2: 29 million acres, but uh, lower in the rental rates. something like 80 percent of the uh 80 of the county average and make sure that usda does annual surveys to know the county average this has been a big fight that you saw two or three years ago um, in state like iowa where usda was two or three years behind updating their rental rates so farm or landowners We're signing contracts for rental rates of 350 an acre in some places, even though that was not what was what was being uh, you know signed up for for uh, for average rent uh, prices in the area, and it it puts a lot of pressure. It makes it hard for for uh, younger guys to get land when uh, when you're competing with the federal government in in that situation. And uh, I've heard several times young farmers, uh, particularly in Iowa to senators and uh, USDA people about uh, how high the CRP rental rates are in the state.
1: So it's expected this bill goes to the House floor early May. Do you expect a lot of amendments once it gets on the House floor?
2: Um, I expect there will be a bigger fight and to grind it out a little bit more on the House floor. It was interesting strategy that the Democrats had yesterday by putting forward no amendments. Their argument was that they don't want to contribute to a flawed process. Um, so they didn't put forward any amendments knowing that they would all be voted down anyway. Whether you see some changes or amendments in the House floor, I suspect there will be a lot more of a focus. You've got some Democrats who are not on the committee who are always seeking to change farm programs uh Ron Kind, Earl Blumenauer, uh in particular, a uh, few others. And uh they may get some support from Republicans to, to seek these changes uh to uh you know, on crop insurance premium subsidies. The sugar program always comes under attack uh, on the floor. So, you're a lot more likely to see uh a lot more of a push and, and it'll be hard to keep the bill Particularly a partisan bill where all the Democrats are going to vote right. against it but anyway. It's hard to keep that intact.
1: Chris, thanks a lot. Long ways to go on this. Appreciate you being with us.
2: Have a good rest of the week, Mike.
1: You too. Chris Clayton, DTN Ag Policy Editor. More on the Farm Bill coming up on AOA Adams on
4: Agriculture. my home state of Minnesota, I have a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever: get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right, get four my pillows: two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code Farm11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code Farm11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code Farm11.
5: The mighty ProSoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions.
4: I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never
6: alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126.
7: Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure.
0: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
6: Now, back to Mike Adams.
1: And welcome back to Adams on Agriculture. Our thanks to Chris Clayton from DTN for joining us. His thoughts on uh, the markup yesterday of the Farm Bill and the House Ag Committee. We'll have more on that in just a moment. In fact, we hope to hear any time now from Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall his thoughts on how it went yesterday and look ahead to what could be – a tough battle on the House floor, and then look even further ahead, as we talked about with Chris Clayton, what could be a tough battle in Conference Committee, because the Senate bill, from all indications, will not look like uh, this House bill, so they've got some things to work out, even within the Republican Party, especially on the nutrition title. So, as I said, this bill has a long ways to go, and when they're trying to get it done this year... They don't have all that much time. Let's get some thoughts on that from Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. Congressman, thanks for joining us. How did you think yesterday's markup went?
3: Well, about as expected and maybe even better than I expected. I thought I heard some really good ideas. Uh, you know, this bill is not perfect, and no one said it was perfect. So it was great to hear some of the ideas. I, I know that uh, Jimmy Panetta from California, a good friend of mine, had some suggestions on on how we can make uh, nutrition more, more accessible by some of our military people uh, as well as for the elderly. Uh, so I think there's room for improvement, and all in all, I think we're on the same page with, with uh, my friends across the aisle
1: even though we keep hearing about uh, these uh, strong differences in in approach and uh, moving people off uh, the food stamp uh, rolls, a lot of uh, Democrats continue to say you're just uh, taking away needed benefits from people. How are you going to address that?
3: Right. and You know, as as I listen carefully, and, and I'm a Republican, but I don't typically wear this on my shirt sleeve, but unfortunately it is kind of on partisan lines now. But when I listen to my friends across the aisle, they have the same goals that we do. They talked about wanting to help people to move from from welfare to work, finding ways to help people get jobs. And I think if they really get into the nitty and gritty and read this bill and better understand it, they're going to see the great things that can come about from this. I know we've been doing this in Kansas already for several years. And and within a year of having enforcing the work requirements, uh, the, the people that were on the food and nutrition programs, their incomes doubled, their employment rates doubled, and the amount of time they spent on staff was cut in half. So we're proving it can work. Uh, there's great results out there. I think giving people a work opportunity or the opportunity to train to work is a great thing to do. It's what we should be doing. It's the right thing to do.
1: You got no Democratic votes yesterday in committee. What are you expecting What do you think might change when you get to the House floor? Will there be a change?
3: Well, they they have several ideas. I think when they offer those as amendments and they improve the bill, and as we improve the bill, I expect more of them to come along. Uh, It's just just disappointing that they just walked away from the table about a month ago and quit negotiating. I'm I'm just appalled. I don't understand why they would walk away from the table. But it looks like we're starting to negotiate again, at least yesterday uh, they were appearing to negotiate. So I, I think there's ways to improve the bill. I just don't know how any congressman could go back home and then say they're, they're going to take away five years of certainty for farmers uh, because the Republicans are asking the people either to train to work or to work for 20 hours a week. I mean, most farmers, most of us work 20 hours on Saturday. So I don't think it's an unreasonable request. Uh, the emphasis is on work training. This is an incredible time for a person to start a new career. If you don't have a job right now in America, either you can't pass the drug test or you don't have the right training or education. 50,000 open jobs in Kansas, 6 million open jobs across the country. The economy is, is really going good with the exception of agriculture. Uh, so this is a great time. There's no excuses. 90% of Americans like this policy. It's, it's been well polled. of Americans think that it's a good idea to have people that are on welfare to either train to work or to get a job. So I think it's a great gift that we're giving these people.
1: Ranking member Peterson said yesterday they did not walk away from the negotiating table. They were pushed away. How do you respond to that?
3: Well, you know, this kind of reminds me of uh, if you've ever had some friends or maybe having marital problems and two people stopped talking to each other a month ago and, and each person blames the other for who walked away um, you know Mike Conaway is just the most honorable person I've ever dealt with uh, the chairman of the Ag Committee and Colin Peterson's an honorable person as well uh, somebody walked away from the table uh, we were Mr. Peterson told uh, our, our chairman that, that some type of a work or training situation was non-negotiable uh, that we couldn't even discuss it and, and walked away from the table So, you know, I think we pointed enough fingers at each other. Here we are today. Let's go get the marital counseling that we need and then get on with this. And, uh, you know, again, I was really excited to hear some of the positive things, all the things that we agreed upon yesterday from both sides of the aisle.
1: We're talking with Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall. All right, so you got the floor battle ahead. There will be amendments. There will be some changes. But what we're also hearing on the Senate side, they're not going to go with these changes to the nutrition title that uh, you have in your bill right now. Will you be able to work this out even within your own party to get this addressed?
3: Oh, I've I've got confidence that we'll figure it out. Uh, You know, certainly, again, I'm going to stay focused on what I can control, and I can control the House side of this. Or I have a vote on the House side. I can reach out down the aisle and across the aisle. We have great personal relationships between my office, between uh, quite a few of the other members on the Ag Committee. Um, And, you know, I think we've sat down with most every Democrat on this committee over the past year just for this situation so that that they know the sincerity of my heart and I know the genuineness of their heart as well. So I'll say focus on this. I've got complete confidence in Pat Hubbard, my senior senator from Kansas over there, that he'll keep working it, and the Senate will write their bill, we'll write our bill, we'll go to conference, and we're going to figure this out. So I've got confidence that we can work with the senator, Senate, and, and I know it takes 60 votes on the Senate side to get this done, uh, but, but right now we're, we're going full speed ahead, looking forward to being on the floor here in, in two or three weeks.
1: What did you hear on in the markup yesterday on areas other than the nutrition title that stood out to you? Whether it was conservation or commodity title, what what stood out to you in those comments?
3: <laughs> I, I guess it was just the quietness and all the rest of the farm bill. I think that um, there was a lot of agreement on, on most of the on the rest of it. I think there was some misinformation that that I heard people talking about. You know, someone saying there was not enough money for research. My goodness we have uh, you know really targeted a lot of agriculture research in the farm bill as well as our last spending bill you know specifically said someone said there was no spending for citrus greening and specifically there is money in there for citrus greening um just to study that so um, i'm trying to think you know what else i think what impressed me was just kind of the quietness about the rest of the bill uh you know everyone agreeing that crop insurance is a priority uh, I think everyone's very proud that um, we pretty much made this a budget neutral event. So, you know, a year ago, I was afraid we were going to have a 20, 30% haircut on the farm bill. So I, I think with the exception on the, uh, the work training opportunities and nutrition, I think the rest of the bill, there's a lot of agreement and really pretty close to getting her done.
1: What about uh, the changes in conservation doing away with the CSP? Uh, does that, did that bring it come up and people have some concerns about that?
3: You know, I didn't hear any loud concerns about it. Um, you know, certainly we had a little, you know, a piece of that where we uh, had a huge wildfire last year in Kansas. And we we've, we offered an amendment on making it more efficient on the fence reimbursement. I'm trying to get back to the equip part of, you know, people is a good deal. I did not hear much complaints yesterday about about the other that I can recall. It was a long meeting, though. <laughs>
1: So as it goes to the floor in a couple weeks, uh, you're open to some of these changes uh, that that you heard about, discussed yesterday. So to make, there will be some changes, obviously, in the bill. You're open to some of those?
3: Oh, absolutely. I think that's the way this is supposed to work. Uh, You know, just going through our tax cuts and jobs bill recently, it went through four or five uh, updates through the process, and each time the bill got better. So I expect that same thing to happen now. I expect to have a lot of amendments offered on both sides of the aisle uh, at the next step, and I expect we can make this bill better. Um, Again, our goals on both sides of the aisle are the same. We want five years of certainty for our ag producers. We want to make sure that every every person in in our country, and, and actually there's a lot of money to help people across the rest of the world, trying to make sure that nobody goes to bed hungry. But at the same time, giving people the, a great American opportunity to work, to provide for your family. You know, we just believe that having a job brings self dignity. It helps your physical health, your mental health. And I think it just brings great value to your, to your person. So I think as we kind of unwrap that and spend the next couple weeks debating it, I expect some openness and, and acceptance of how to even make that better. Lisa Rochester Blunt, a Democrat from Delaware, a, a dear friend of my wife and mine, and she's got some great ideas on how to make work training opportunities better. So willing to sit down and, and listen to her ideas. She's had some experience with that at the state government level. Maybe can share some experiences that and, we had in Kansas that, uh, with this as well. Put those ideas together and right. make an even better bill.
1: We'll see what happens in a couple weeks in. Congressman, thank you very much.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. Everybody Have a safe weekend.
1: Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Devorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing, why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait.
4: the hard
5: part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now, 1 800 489 7204. 1 800 489 7204. That's 1 800 489 7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed Debt Management Service Provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM 80031.
0: Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and soybean futures under a bit of pressure on this Thursday session. USDA reported better than expected global corn and soybean demand last week, though it's doing little to spark a whole lot of buying interest. Exporters selling 1.204 million metric tons of corn and 2.13 million tons of soybeans in the week ending April 12th, both those numbers above the range of pre-report guesses. In corn futures, though, we are treading water an hour into Thursday's trading session, fractional changes, if any. New crop December corn steady at 408 and a half. We are one to three and a fraction lower in soybeans. Old crop July down three and a half, 1049 and a half. July beans erased intraday gains to close moderately lower on Wednesday. New crop November soybeans down three and a quarter at 1042 and a half. For the wheats, in Minneapolis, we are 4 to 6 cents lower. Chicago wheat, 3 and a fraction higher. 6 to 7 and a fraction better in Kansas City wheat. For livestock at the Merck, live cattle futures backpedaling meat packers on Wednesday, paying more for cattle at the online Fed Cattle Exchange auction. Packers paying $122.71 per weight for cattle to be delivered this week or next. That's about $3 above last week's average. However, in live cattle futures, we are eighty to a dollar sixty-two lower on this Thursday. Feeder cattle trending $1.35 to $1.65 lower. Lean Hog Futures, June down 17 at 78.35. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow is down twenty-seven, NASDAQ down forty-three. May crude oil in New York up sixty-two cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network.
7: We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago.
0: information America's farmers and ranchers need to know Adams on agriculture now back to Mike Adams all right welcome
1: back so um, we continue to watch this farm bill process play out and we'll see uh, what happens uh, when it gets to the uh, house floor here in a couple of weeks meanwhile I wanted to follow up on uh, the story we had yesterday we were talking about the wildfires in Oklahoma those continue to burn uh, latest estimate we saw now up to 350,000 acres that have uh, been um, burnt and um, those fires still going and the need there is great and is going to be there for some time. Just wanted to go over again with you how you can help. Hay is very much needed. Uh, If you can uh, donate some hay there is a number for you to call and want to pass that number along to you again if you want to write it down Hay is uh, urgently needed to help uh, uh, producers out there, so trying to feed their animals. So, here's that number for hay donations. The number is 405 590 0106. So, again, 405 590 0106. Now, uh, if you uh, Want to make uh, a donation, a monetary donation? Uh, there is a website for you to go to to be able to donate online, and that website is www.okcattlemen altogether okcattlemen.org okcattlemen.org. Uh, any help you can give would be greatly appreciated as they continue to fight those fires in uh, Oklahoma all right so we've had a lot of focus on farm bill and a lot of focus on trade again we've not heard much lately about infrastructure improvements and we're going to talk about that now with mike steenhook executive director of the soy transportation coalition mike thanks for joining us is there anything uh, going on behind the scenes on infrastructure improvement
8: well there there is You know, the, one of the up to this point, there's been a lot of ambition to do something very grand and comprehensive from Washington, D.C., this large infrastructure bill that was has been talked about by the administration and also by Congress. And what it's looking like now is that they're going to try to tackle a lot of these issues in more of an incremental, piecemeal fashion. Uh, to Hopefully, and hopefully on the top of the list, would be to do a Water Resources Development Act Yet this year and I think there's a, a good chance of that happening uh, the president even said recently that uh, it looks like doing something more comprehensive uh, on infrastructure in general will uh, have to wait until after the election so this, it, it continues to evolve it continues to delay that's not new in Washington DC we see that quite frequently um, you know the goal for us is just to make sure that we're continually at the table I think that the metaphor of pounding the rock is an appropriate one. You just keep being persistent, and uh, whenever a dis- discussion occurs, whenever a decision is made, making sure that agriculture's perspective is incorporated into that.
1: Now, when we talk about lock and dam improvements, which we've talked about for years and years, certainly needed, um, I know you've had a study done looking at what's the best way to go about this to try to not repeat past mistakes what's the what is the best way to move forward on this
8: well a lot of times when we talk about infrastructure and the need to improve it and then certainly include locks and dams a concern that I have is that all too often that discussion centers on government you need to write a bigger check as if the problem will completely be solved via the revenue side of the equation And one of the things that we're trying to highlight is that there's also room for improvement on the cost side of the equation, and we need to do a better job of making sure that we're reducing the likelihood of these very dramatic cost-overruns and project delays that we see whenever we try to construct a new lock or we try to do a major rehabilitation of a lock. And we recently released some analysis that shows that the fact that we – as a nation, Congress provides funding for these projects in such an unpredictable, piecemeal fashion, it really is a recipe for cost overruns and project delays. And, and so if, if we were just to provide, not necessarily more funding, well, we would like that, but we also think, we need, why not provide funding in a more predictable fashion? All of a sudden, you can get more bang for your buck. And when, you, when we demonstrate that kind of stewardship as a nation, the taxpayer will have more trust and more confidence in the government. So I think it's a a real way in this resource-constricted environment we're in to to do a lot better to get more done on our inland waterway system with not necessarily appropriating more funds, uh, but just providing more predictability and reliability of those funds so that work can start and work can be completed on time and within budget.
1: How much improvement is actually going on right now?
8: It's it's incremental. Uh, you know, we have had some. You know, we have talked about this issue for many years. Uh, agriculture in general and other stakeholders, and it can indeed sound like a broken record at times. But there has been some marginal improvement. We have had some additional funding uh, allocated to the Army Corps of Engineers to do some of this work. There's been a, a, over the last few years a renewed focus on operations and maintenance, and I think you know the the Soy Transportation Coalition has been a real a uh, leader in promoting that. Uh, that message. So we, we have had some additional money going into what's called the Inland Waterway Trust Fund for new lot construction and major rehabilitation. So there has been some improvement, but it, the need is still very extreme. And so uh, we need to, to certainly keep at this and you know really be looking for all opportunities to um, move the needle. And that certainly involves some additional money. But again, as our research shows, providing that greater predictability and reliability of, of funding.
1: We're talking with Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. Mike, is there a priority list when we look at that river infrastructure of which locks and dams need uh, attention first?
3: Well I, I think uh,
8: for for agriculture a lot of um a lot of the priority projects are those that are located just north of, of St. Louis <clears throat> because so much of what if a barge is going to be loaded full of soybeans and grain in, you know, near Minneapolis-St. Paul or in the northern part of Iowa or on the Illinois River, it's all going to eventually go through those locks and dams near St. Louis. So, having these, um, making sure that we prioritize those. There's a couple on the Illinois River as well that are in, uh, you know, dilapidated condition. So. You, know, you you can unfortunately you don't have money to do it all, but I think that's where the, the priority should be, um, and and so uh, that's what we really are, are pressing forward on.
1: Those improvements we've talked about this before too. I mean they don't happen overnight. Even once you get the go ahead to start, it takes a while to get them done.
8: Yeah, and that's one of the <clears throat> that's one of the concerns that that we have is that. You know, there's two steps. If you want to do something to improve our nation's lock, lock and Dam system, there's the authorization step, and that's what a Water Resources Development Act does. It it establishes a directive or kind of a blueprint or a strategy for where the work will occur. Uh, it, it identifies those projects. And then the step number two is the appropriation step where the check actually gets written. And sometimes that authorization step, it's it's treated as just a – recommendation there's not any real um you know urgency to or, or, or a feeling of compulsion to actually do that work and so you know just because you get a project identified in, an, in a you know water resources development act doesn't mean it'll actually get done or done expeditiously so that's one of the things that we highlight with our recent research is that there needs to be much more of a seamless kind of transition from one to the next and and that's how When you're trying to build a large capital project, you've got to have that predictability and that reliability. I think the president probably understands this as well as anyone, given his background in his professional background in building, you know, condominiums and hotels and golf courses and casinos. He he should understand that before you put a spade in the ground on these projects, making sure you have the amount of funding available and making sure that it's predictable. Then you can give the the signal to the contractors to, they can pour the concrete, they can secure all the inputs, work can proceed, it can be sustained. And one of the problems that we have with locks and dams is that because funding is unpredictable, work will start on a project, and then funding isn't available for the the next round of work. So work will have to be suspended, and then it will be remobilized, and then it will be demobilized. Every time you do that, there's a real cost associated with it. That's not how we in the private sector we build buildings and stadiums and those kind of things we you make sure funding is secured up front so we really need to come to grips with we will continue to see these cost overruns and project delays as long as we fund these lock and dam projects the way we do in such an unpredictable unreliable piecemeal fashion
1: yeah hopefully we can go about it a better way this time real quick before we let you go will locks and dams money for that improvement uh, compete with the money that needs to go for roads and bridges and things like that.
8: There are really two separate, uh, you know, trust funds and two separate sources of, of funding, so they really don't encroach on one another, and and so we really, so we really need to certainly make sure that both of those modes of transportation are sufficiently funded because you know farmers rely on both, one hands off to the other, and and a lot of other industries that that's the case as well. So we really need to be attentive to both.
1: All right, Mike, as always, thanks for keeping us up to date and good information uh, on a better approach to this. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. Okay, I want to give you that information again about if you want to make donations to help the folks in Oklahoma. Again, uh, up to 350,000 acres uh, uh, burned in these fires. That number's continuing to grow. Uh, There's an urgent need for hay, the hay donation um, hotline is 405-590-0106. And there's a donation uh, website to go to online. It's OKCattlemen.org. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more on the Farm Bill on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
4: In my home state of Minnesota, with a 10 year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever get four My Pillows for the price of one. That's right, get four My Pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order My Pillow at 800 871 7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four My Pillows for the price of one. Call 800 871 7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11
5: the mighty Prosaro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions.
0: information America's farmers and ranchers need to know Adams on agriculture Now back to Mike Adams
1: Welcome back uh, more reaction to yesterday's markup of the uh, in the House Agriculture Committee on the Farm Bill as we look ahead now to the uh floor vote in early may that'll be really interesting we want to get more thoughts on how yesterday went joining us now from politico is helena bottom helena thank you for joining us what was your takeaway from the markup yesterday
9: the markup yesterday was i think notable for just how partisan it was um, so much of the conversation focused around uh the changes to uh the supplemental nutrition assistance program which a lot of people still know as food stamps I mean, probably 90% of the conversation, it was about a five-hour markup, was focused on SNAP. And the vast majority of the conversation was simply Democrats really um, criticizing and really uh, sharply, sharply bashing uh, the uh, House Republicans' proposal. So it, it was notable in that the, it was right along party lines. It cleared committee 26 to 20 with no one crossing over um you know, Republicans and Democrats we're, were sticking together
1: on that. Yeah, so we focused a lot on the differences. Now, earlier in our program, we heard uh, Kansas Congressman Roger Marshall tell us, and he's a Republican, that he heard some good ideas from the other side, and he expects some amendments along those lines, and uh, he's open to some changes in the bill. Uh, that's going to be key to getting this thing moved any further.
9: Yeah, you raise a great point. I think that there will be more... Uh, substantive amendments uh uh, if the bill makes it to the floor uh chairman conaway told reporters yesterday that he's hoping to move the bill to the floor in may uh, but he really needs to work on selling uh selling the bill to his republican colleagues first Um, the real question i think going forward for this bill is whether or not they can get the freedom caucus or at least some of the freedom caucus uh, or the you know the right flank of the republican party behind this bill because if you don't have democrats you really need to have republicans united to move it through the floor
1: yeah there are so many interesting political subplots here one will farm state democrats vote against a farm bill over the nutrition title and can republicans keep their ranks together especially with the senate uh, Ag Committee saying they're probably not going to take this approach to the nutrition title. There, there are a lot of big political questions uh, to be answered yet.
9: There really are, and I think you raised, you know, really two of the biggest ones. There's kind of the separate question of whether or not House Republicans can get uh, a farm bill through the House, but then the, the real long-term, long-game question is whether or not they can get whatever compromises made with the Senate Uh, You mentioned they're moving forward on a bipartisan bill. They have said we're not doing any big changes to SNAP. So if that compromise comes back to the House, you know, can you get that through the House? And obviously all congressional leaders that are working on this want to get a bill done uh, before the Farm Bill expires uh, September 30th. But I think there are pretty big differences in how uh, folks think that we should get there.
1: I always point this out, the, the irony of this situation, it's it's widely regarded that you need the nutrition title to get the farm bill passed, but it's the nutrition title that makes it hard to get a farm bill passed.
9: It's so true, and, and also right now we have this sort of other uh, debate happening where you have conservative groups uh, like the Heritage Foundation and uh, you know, Taxpayers for Common Sense and these other groups on the right and they're furious actually still uh, about the the farm policy side of things i mean the house bill largely you know keeps the 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 farm safety net that most people recognize intact uh and they're they're furious that this doesn't do more to reform uh spending or reform subsidies or roll back spending so it, it's kind of like pick your poison right you either have people yelling about the farm policy side or you have this really loud conversation going on and controversy surrounding the nutrition side, which is, of course, about 80% of the spending in the bill, um, and really is the political key to getting the whole bill done. If you don't have compromise on, on SNAP, I, I, I don't know that you have a farm bill.
1: You know, that's a good point. These There are a lot of those groups out there that are always against farm bill anyway. They're against farm program payments. They're against uh, crop insurance and things like that. And as they raise their voices, they'll get the ear of somebody in Congress, and that brings about that greater challenge of passing the bill
9: yeah the, the floor debate in the house is you know it's an open process which i think most people are expecting it will be uh that really opens up the farm bill to any you know uh any conversation around you know you could be looking at uh, subsidy limits you could be looking at crop insurance premium limits you could be looking at um all sorts of amendments there's some question of whether or not uh there might be a look at uh, banning soda or some other, you know, snap provisions that could be controversial could come up. So it really opens up the farm bill to this debate from a much wider uh, number of lawmakers. Many of them don't have um, farmers in their district or don't have agriculture as an important sector in their district. So they might have really different ideas about the direction the farm bill should go.
1: We're talking with Helena bottomiller evich from Politico. And, Helena, that's, that's why it's great political theater once this gets to the House floor. We've seen this in the past. You have all that debate going on, and then at the same time, leadership trying to count votes. Do they have enough votes? So do you call the vote? I mean, that's what's going to be playing out here in a couple of weeks.
9: Absolutely. And I think that's the question reporters keep asking, you know, Chairman Conaway and, and other Republican leaders, like, do you have the votes? That, that will be the key question. Uh, If they think there's a window where they have the votes, I think they'll bring it to the floor and this will play out. Um, And the timing for that very much uh, remains up in the air. Um, Separately, the Senate responded yesterday saying, uh, you know, the Senate Agriculture Committee leaders, uh, Chairman Pat Roberts and Ranking Member Debbie Sabanow said, you know, we're bipartisan. They keep striking this bipartisan tone, um, saying they're going to move forward on their own bill. So uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, I think.
1: Yeah, did they indicate when they're going to really get seri- uh, get started? Uh, uh, on, you know, seriously putting that together on the Senate side.
9: So yeah, we keep asking, <laughs> you know, Sherman Roberts, when is your bill going to come out? And for a while, he was saying April, and now he's kind of saying May. But mm-hmm. it is very much a moving target, and I, I don't know that anyone thinks that bill is you know imminently ready to be to be released. They're they're working on it, but um, we're hearing kind of conflicting things about how far along they really are, so um, I don't okay. know that anyone really knows.
1: <laughs> well, well, stay tuned, right? We'll uh, we'll find out and let people know. Helena, thank you very much. I appreciate your coverage, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
9: Yeah, delighted to be here. Thanks.
1: Helena bottomiller evich with Politico. Well, that wraps it up. Busy program today. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow on AOA Adams on agriculture. Have a great day everyone.